Bristol, Vermont, and WNYV, Whitehall, Glens Falls. It's 8 o'clock. Good morning. This is Northern Light for Friday, December 7th. I'm Monica Sandresky. And I'm Todd Moe. There's a big shortage of physicians in the North Country. One new solution is a waiver program to expand the pool of eligible doctors from other countries. So this will allow access for our patients, more physicians, um, for us to be able to offer the services we really need to offer. Olympic silver medalist Chris Master has announced he's retiring from luge after he competes in one more luge World Cup on his hometown track in Lake Placid this weekend. And Republican businessman Josh Eisen is challenging Senator Kirsten Gillibrand for the Senate next year. He's optimistic the state is shifting to the right. The way the Republican Party did in the congressional races, the way the Republican Party performed in the statewide gubernatorial race, even though it wasn't a victory, one cannot argue that it was a huge step in the right direction. If you're looking for weekend plans, we've got you covered. We'll check through the community calendar for upcoming shows and events. And John Warren checks the trail conditions for us in the Adirondacks this weekend. All of that and more is coming up on Northern Light. Stick with us. Broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by the Depot Theater Westport, a professional equity theater in the Adirondacks, celebrating its 45th season, depotheater.org. And CECOM Credit Union, serving the financial needs of people throughout northern New York and Vermont in person, online at CECOM.org and on your smartphone. This is Northern Light. I'm Monica Sandresky. And I'm Todd Moe. There's a big shortage of physicians in rural areas across the North Country, and the North Country is no exception. It's a problem that'll take more than one solution to fix. The newest aims to increase the pool of eligible doctors from other countries. Kara Chapman has more. International med school students usually study here under what's called a J-1 visa. Once they finish, they're required to go back to their home countries for two years before they can return to practice in the U.S., unless they get a waiver. But those are in short supply. Each state can only recommend up to 30 doctors per year to get those waivers. And that's not a lot when you have hundreds of hospitals and health centers like New York does. So we've always used the strategy of apply for one. That's Lisa Van Natten. She's the director of medical staff recruitment at Champlain Valley Physicians Hospital in Plattsburgh and Alice Hyde Medical Center in Malone. And, you know, we've thought in the past about applying for two, but then you'd be competing against yourself. Van Natten says they could even use more than two. She says it's frustrating when the applicant pool is pretty vast. There are um, many, many J-1 visa applicants that come across our emails to our recruitment team on a daily basis. Uh, But things are about to change. There's a new program that doesn't have a cap on the number of waivers. It's run by the Northern Border Regional Commission, or NBRC. The NBRC is a federal state partnership. It focuses on economic and community development in parts of New York, Maine, and New Hampshire, and all of Vermont. 
The commission announced the program at CVPH this week, and Van Natten was excited. I told them I might come in doing cartwheels. The waivers would go to physicians who agree to practice for three years in rural and underserved areas in MBRC's region. That covers more than 200 healthcare facilities across 60 counties, including those in the North Country. Chris Saunders is the NBRC's federal co-chair. He says the agency usually focuses on awarding grants to support things like infrastructure. But he says over time, the commission's heard about other challenges that can't be fixed with new water pipes and better roads. We know that without reliable health care, not everyone can be fully active in their community or participate fully in the workforce. Under the new system, the NBRC can only recommend that doctors from other countries get the waivers to stay in the U.S. Federal immigration officials will still need to sign off. But the strategy has worked in other areas. This is not a a new program. That's Mark Pattison. He serves on behalf of Governor Kathy Hochul on both the NBRC and the Appalachian Regional Commission. That commission covers counties across New York's southern tier and 12 other states. Uh, We have a long history of being able to use this program to enhance and amplify uh, the opportunities uh, in the the Appalachian region. The Appalachian Regional Commission set up its own waiver program more than 30 years ago. A spokesperson says it's recommended more than 2,200 physicians for waivers, and immigration authorities have approved all of them. Dr. Lisa Mark is the chief medical officer at CVPH and Alice Hyde, which are part of the University of Vermont Health Network. She estimates that the network has more than 100 open doctor positions and CVPH has more than 20. Mark says the hospitals she oversees have had to turn away well-qualified candidates who needed visa waivers. And now we won't have to say no anymore. So this will allow access for our patients, more physicians, um, for us to be able to offer the services we really need to offer. But Pattison emphasizes that this new program is just one piece of the puzzle. He says other needs like broadband, housing, and child care still need to be addressed. So this is not the solution. It's it's one part of a, a, a way to address the, the shortage of uh, health care workers. Still, Chris Saunders from the NBRC says he sees something bigger with the launch of the waiver program. He says it has widespread bipartisan support. That includes the Biden administration and governors and members of Congress from both parties, like Representative Elise Stefanik. We're all pulling in the same direction on a program that is blending together health care and immigration, some controversial topics. And to me, that's no small feat and reason for optimism about our ability to work together in service of the people who live in this region. At this point, the NBRC's applications are only open to physicians who will practice primary or psychiatric care. The commission says it may expand the program to some specialty care applications sometime in 2024. Doctors who come in under the new program will most likely start next summer. Kara Chapman, North Country Public Radio, Plattsburgh. Police have arrested and charged a man for firing shots at the Temple Israel in Albany yesterday. According to a statement from the FBI Bureau in Albany, 28-year-old Mufid Fouaz Al-Qadar has been charged with possession of a firearm by a prohibited person. He's an Albany local. Police say Al-Qadar fired shots outside the synagogue hours before the start of Hanukkah yesterday, then said free Palestine. The incident comes amid rising fears of anti-Semitism with Israel's intensifying war in Gaza. The FBI, Albany Police, and New York State Police were involved in the investigation. More information will be available after a briefing from the U.S. Attorney's Office later today. 
Another SUNY school will be cutting degree programs to deal with major budget issues. SUNY Fredonia will likely eliminate 13 programs, according to the Albany Times Union. It faces a $10 million deficit. The announcement comes three months after SUNY Potsdam said it would be getting rid of degree programs over the next several years. The university now plans to eliminate nine programs to address its structural deficit of $9 million. Both schools and lots of other schools across the SUNY system have been struggling with declining enrollment. SUNY Potsdam and SUNY Fredonia both saw enrollment declines of about 40% over the past decade. Olympic silver medalist Chris Mazder has announced he's retiring from luge after he competes in one more luge World Cup on his hometown track in Lake Placid this weekend. Master is 35. He says he'll still, he's still at his peak career, but he told WMC he's retiring because he wants to spend more time with his family. The straw that broke the camel's back was seeing my son just disappointed with me on FaceTime that I wasn't home. And especially with baby number two coming along the way, the focus is going to be on family. Master grew up in Peru and Saranac Lake. He first fell in love with luge in Lake Placid. In South Korea in 2018, Master became the first American to win an Olympic medal in singles luge. In his career, he's also won 24 World Cup medals. He's one of the only losers to medal in both singles and doubles World Cup competition. Master says he looks forward to closing out his career in the place where he got started. What better way to do it than going out on your home race? This is where I grew up. This is where I started luge at eight years old. And (laughs) almost 30 years later, this is where I'm going to say goodbye to the sport. And I think that's a really rare thing to be able to do. Master started sliding when he was eight years old. Like he said, he says he's always tried to spread the joy of getting outside to everyone he can. You don't have to go 90 miles down an ice chute to enjoy the winter. You can pick up a sled and go five miles an hour. Kids love that. And that's kind of what I want to spread. In a press release, USA Luge CEO Jim Leahy and Master said Master's commitment to the sport has been unwavering and his success raised awareness about the sport across the country. Listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. It's 810. Good morning. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. Coming up, John Warren checks trail conditions for us in the Adirondacks this weekend. That's in just a few minutes, right here on Northern Light. Music by Evan Veenstra out of Gananaque, Ontario. Northern Light is supported by Adirondack Foundation, making grants to nonprofits that address community issues of childcare, attainable housing, career pathways, basic needs, and more. Adirondackfoundation.org. By NCC Systems, protecting North Country businesses and homes for 50 years, offering cameras, security, fire alarms, and entry control. NCCSystems.com. 
Hey, before the end of the month, before the end of the year, make a year-end gift to North Country Public Radio all year long. You come to this radio station to hear news, music, conversation. Make a, make a, a donation right now to support all everything you listen to on NCPR. Go to ncpr.org slash give. Thanks and happy holidays. A Republican businessman is challenging Kirsten Gillibrand for the United States Senate. Josh Eisen ran for a seat in Congress in the Hudson Valley in 2020. WRVO's Ava Pukach reports. A Republican candidate has not won a statewide election in New York since 2002. But Eisen's optimistic, saying he believes the overall trajectory of the state has moved toward the Republican Party. The way the Republican party did in the congressional races, the way the Republican Party performed in the statewide gubernatorial race, even though it wasn't a victory, one cannot argue that it was a huge step in the right direction. Eisen called himself a, quote, different kind of Republican, saying he is not afraid to talk about homelessness and poverty. He says he believes a lot of pain and challenge are the result of big government policies. Just think about public housing. It's a total disaster. Anywhere you go, public housing is an essential failure, yet it was there to help people. So clearly that didn't work out. And government is just overall proven to be incapable. Eisen previously ran for U.S. House in 2020, suspending his campaign after city and state New York reported he was sanctioned by judges on two separate occasions for harassing his legal opponents and their families and received a court fine of $20,000. Eisen says he had a litigation with another businessman after they were, quote, ripped off by lawyers. He called it a story of reconciliation, saying he and that partner stayed in business together. And to focus on the details of what lawyers who lie talk about, I think is irrelevant. You have to look at the facts. And the facts about me are pretty, pretty impeccable. And they tell a very, very fine story of a person who acts selflessly. A Gillibrand spokesperson says, quote, MAGA Republican Josh Eisen's long and documented history of stalking, harassment, misogyny, and racism are utterly disqualifying for the office he seeks. Adding, quote, every Republican member of Congress in New York State should and will have to answer for Eisen's candidacy. In Syracuse, I am Ava Pukach for North Country Public Radio. About 10,000 people in the Ticonderoga region will be without electricity for most of the day tomorrow from 7.30 until 4.30. National Grid has scheduled an emergency power outage in parts of Essex, Warren, and Washington counties so that major transmission line repairs can be made. Eight local warming stations will be open throughout the power outage. A list of those warming stations is available on our website, ncpr.org. St. Lawrence County's first state-licensed cannabis dispensary opened its doors yesterday afternoon to those 21 and older. The highest peak on Market Street in Potsdam quickly filled with customers and the curious after a ribbon-cutting ceremony with local officials. Tyler, who lives in Canton, was one of those waiting in line to enter the new store. Viva la resistance! <laughs> no, it's about time, man. It's good. Uh, it's actually great for the community, I think, because these guys are local owners as well. So it's not, you know, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of dispensaries that people are owning out of state, uh, city-wise, right? So it's nice to keep the money local. So I think that's important too. Yeah. So, and it's uh, it's been a long time coming, you know. And it's uh, 
if alcohol is legal, then marijuana should be legal. It's as simple as that. And I think this is a good thing for uh, the community. And I like how they close it up so kids can't, you know, know what it is. I think this is a good way of doing it, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's a good thing. Inside, owners Aurora Wood and Kinsey LaPointe mingled with Potsdam's mayor, other local business owners, friends, and customers like Stephanie Russo, who was first in line to make a purchase. It's a big uh, moment for everyone involved. A lot of hard work went into it, so I'm excited to support them. Uh, having the education and um, regulated products so you know what you're consuming is really important for a lot of people who haven't been able to find um, you know, the right fit for them when it comes to cannabis consumption. Um, so not only supporting these wonderful business people, but also, you know, for my own mental health is something that was important to me. Cannabis to smoke, drink, and chew, along with CBD items like lotions and balms, are neatly arranged in glass display cases. The highest peak has 16 state-trained employees. Co-owner Kinsey LaPointe says clerks with handheld smart devices will help customers find what they're looking for and answer questions. We have anything that you can think of, from edibles, your pre-rolls, your flour, to gummies of all sorts of different flavors. Uh, If you're into tinctures, we have that. We have beverages. Um, So, you know, if you want to just sip on something, those are a good alcohol replacement. Sales will be strictly limited to those 21 years and older under state law, something owner Aurora Wood takes very seriously. The store's windows are frosted and customers must present a valid ID when entering the store. She says so far, the response has been positive. Lots of support. I think the families in the area are happy that the illegal stores were closed down because they were not mindful on the age of who they were selling to. We're here, you have to be 21 even to enter the building. We have uh, multi-step ID checking, so if somebody comes in here with a fake, our scanner will be able to pick that up, and then we do not give people their IDs back if they give us a fake, so hopefully that will deter them from even trying. Wood says the highest peak is not only St. Lawrence County's first cannabis dispensary, but also the only women-owned dispensary in the North Country. She says some of the next steps for the store include an online menu and home delivery sometime early next year. The Crystal Restaurant has been on a public square in Watertown since the 1940s, except for a brief dispute with a landlord several years ago. That means this holiday season, the Crystal will be serving its iconic drink, the Tom and Jerry. It's an eggnog-like cocktail that's served from Watertown to Buffalo all the way to Wisconsin and Minnesota. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, thousands of loyal customers flock to the Crystal for its warming comfort, Way back in 2010, David Summerstein stopped by for a taste and sent this herd up north. Hi, my name is Libby Wheeler. I work at the Crystal Restaurant in Watertown, New York. I'm making Tom and Jerry. First, you warm up the mugs. Put the hot water in the mugs to warm them up. Pour out the water. And then you get a nice big scoop of the secret batter. It's a secret family recipe. It's like an eggnog. They are warm drinks, though. And this is a mixture of rum and brandy. And then we pour in a little more hot water. Shake a little cinnamon and nutmeg on the top. 
And there you have it. Tom and Jerry. We serve them just through the holiday season from Thanksgiving to New Year's. People come in to drink them from all over. I love them. Every year we come here. It tastes real good. Hi, my name is Sonny Rambo, Great Bend, New York. A little booze in there. Get your day going. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to try a Tom and Jerry for the first time. Whoa. It's really thick. It's almost like marshmallowy. It's like eggnog, but really, really thick eggnog, obviously with a shot of rum and brandy as well. It's important because this is has a very, very long history of serving this community. You can tell by the tin ceilings, if you will. Those were in my mother's house in the living room. I'm John Doldo. I'm a, a lifetime resident of Watertown. I'm a businessman in the real estate management business. People come here uh, with a little nostalgia, the old days when, when uh, the public square was a hustling, bustling hub that was known throughout the North Country. We enjoy coming here to meet old friends. They're good people. They serve good food, clean food. And the Tom and Jerry's are a tradition of, of long, long standing. And, and there's nowhere else you can get them that are as good as the Crystal Restaurant downtown Watertown. John Doldo and other patrons of the Crystal Restaurant in Watertown enjoying the traditional holiday drink, the Tom and Jerry. We also heard from Libby DeFerris, nay Libby Wheeler, a co-owner of the Crystal. David Summerstein produced this Heard Up North way back in 2010. Listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. Coming up in just a minute, we'll get you caught up for uh, some events to fill your community calendar this weekend. Then stick around after the show for Bird Note, just ahead at 842. But first, Todd has a look at the weather for us. Cloudy skies uh, starting today through the weekend as well. Maybe some rain on Sunday and a wintry mix on Monday, but relatively mild temperatures. Highs in the upper 30s, low 40s today, upper 40s, low 50s tomorrow. Highs in the low 50s Sunday with about a 90% chance of rain on Sunday. Uh, East winds, 5 to 10 miles per hour today, uh, lows in the 30s tonight, and then tomorrow high near 50 with south winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. And again, chance of rain on Sunday, cooler on Monday, highs in the 30s with an 80% chance of a wintry mix. John Warren checks trail conditions in the Adirondacks as we head into this weekend. Although it will be cloudy, temperatures will be warming through the weekend to well above normal. Sunday we'll see some strong winds with rain at times. On the highest summits, temperatures will remain in the 30s and 40s through the weekend, with wind chills hovering around freezing. Again, the biggest concern will be some rain and strong winds, 20 to 30 miles per hour on Saturday and up to 45 miles per hour on Sunday. 
Rain and snow melt could bring Adirondack rivers and streams to bank full by later on Sunday. Although no significant flooding is expected at this time in the Adirondacks, some stream crossings could be difficult or impassable on Sunday, especially in the afternoon in areas where snow is deepest, including the high peaks and northern Hamilton County. Hikers should still be prepared for wet and snowy conditions, with everything from wet and muddy to icy and frozen trails and deeper snow at elevation. Carry traction devices and snowshoes if you are headed above about 2,500 feet where there are places of deep snow. Elsewhere, snow depths range from 5 to 8 inches in most of the central Adirondacks at lower elevations with 2 to 4 inches at the periphery of the park. Waters are icing over, although no ice should yet be considered safe. If you're looking for some downhill skiing this weekend, conditions will be much as they were last weekend. Expect a few lifts and about a dozen or so trails for beginning to more advanced skiers at Whiteface and Gore. Mount Macaulay and Old Forge will be open this Saturday and Sunday with a few trails. It's possible Oak Mountain could open this weekend. Titus has been making quite a bit of snow, but no word yet on an opening date. Groom facilities with snowmaking are about all that remain for cross-country, including the Mount Van Hovenberg Stadium. Lapland Lake is planning to open today and tomorrow, though not recommended for beginners. Garnet Hill near North Creek will be your best bet this weekend, although again expect some thinner early season conditions. At Paul Smith's there is some terrain open, but with thin cover. Backcountry skiing is not recommended this weekend, although the Newcomb Lake Road will probably remain skiable today and early tomorrow. After a warm Sunday, it will turn cold again, so we could see some snow and improved ski conditions starting Monday. Those are the outdoor conditions in the Adirondacks this weekend. For North Country Public Radio, this is John Warren from the New York Almanac, online at newyorkalmanac.com. Still a few more spots for tomorrow's stargazing event in Tupper Lake. You know Eileen O'Donohue from her astronomy chats with Monica and I here on Northern Light. Now, join us in person for a night of stargazing at the observatory in Tupper Lake tomorrow. Eileen and other astronomers from the Adirondack Sky Center will take us on a tour of the night sky, preview the upcoming solar eclipse peek through telescopes, and test our wits in Constellation Trivia. This outdoor event is free, but space is limited. There's still a few spots left, so you have to reserve it now at ncpr.org slash under the stars. That's ncpr.org slash under the stars. If sky conditions are not so good for viewing, it's looking like it will be a little bit cloudy. The event and presentation is moving indoors, and we've got a great presentation planned out for there. It'll be at Racket River Brewing there in Tupper. So reserve your seat at ncpr.org slash under the stars. That's tomorrow at 5 at the Adirondack Sky Center in Tupper Lake. 
backup indoor location at Racket River Brewing in Tupper. Cannot wait to see you there. We are media sponsor for the Northern Lights Choir Winter Concert. It's tonight, 7.30 at St. Bernard's Church in Saranac Lake. The choir will perform a selection of Christmas songs and traditional holiday music. For ticketing information, you can visit our website, ncpr.org slash calendar. That's the Northern Lights Choir under the baton of Helen DeMung. Tonight, 7.30, St. Bernard's Church in Saranac Lake. And also don't forget to head out this Sunday to see the High Peaks Ringers ring in the holidays. They invite you uh, on Sunday, this Sunday at 2 o'clock at the Adirondack Community Church in Lake Placid to come and hear your favorite holiday tunes on English handbells. Donations are graciously accepted at the door. You can find out at ncpr.org slash calendar. Also, head over to Blue Seed Studios in Saranac Lake for their Festival of Trees. Take a walk through the woods and enjoy decorated trees. You can find out more from blueseedstudios.org. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, a holiday concert at the Unitarian Universalist Church in Canton featuring Peggy Lynn and Dan Duggan of Lake Clear. That's at 7 o'clock. It's open to everyone at the UU Church in Canton. And don't forget about the Christmas Carol Live radio play that's coming up tonight at in Champlain. The NCCS Drama Club is preventing a live radio play version of the Timeless Holiday Classic. That's tonight at 7 o'clock and tomorrow at 1 and 6 in the Francis Bud Moore Auditorium in Champlain. You can find out more at nccscougar.org. That is it for the show for the day. Morning Edition continues in just a minute. Then join us uh, later this morning for 1A between 10 and noon. I'm Monica Sandreski. I'm Todd Moe. Thanks for listening. Be well.